RUF, welcome to it. We, are, we exist to be a place for those who are convinced and unconvinced to hear the gospel. So we just sang a song that said, um, I am yours and you are mine. And some of you may not be able to say that with integrity to Jesus or, uh, or you're not there yet. But we're, we're glad you're here. It's your first time to ever come to this. Uh, congratulations. Uh, that's a big deal to come to something like this and, and be here um, amidst... Um, a new group of people, and so we're glad everyone's here. Uh, it's a great thing. Uh, and we're going to be reading from the uh, Gospel of Matthew tonight. And the reason we're doing that, we're reading a very small section of Matthew. And what we're doing this whole semester is we're going through the crucifixion of Jesus, the death of Jesus. And we're calling it the death of death and the death of Jesus. Okay, how Jesus' death rolls back death and brings in life. And we're looking very particularly at the words he spoke when he was on the cross. Uh, we're going right through the order he did those. And so this is the fourth thing he said. In, in the six hours he was on the cross, he said seven things. And here's the very fourth thing. This is the pinnacle of it, y'all. This is the, one of the most shocking things he said. It's a thing that he said that even, like, we have it in the original tongue. He said it in English Bibles. Greek people who were translating or writing this down, it was so shocking to them that when they heard it originally, and it was passed down, that, that it was translated in the exact verbiage he said it in Aramaic uh, that Jesus said. So, so hear these words and let that just sink into you that these, these words still exist in the original Aramaic that Jesus spoke them from the cross in the, the time he was crucified. So hear this from Matthew. It's very, very extraordinary. The word of anguish. Matthew 27, 45. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Amen. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. May he add his blessing to it tonight and write it upon our hearts. We pray. Amen. So, the big idea tonight is that, you know, a lot of us might feel forsaken at times. And uh, forsaken, what does that mean? Well, if you look it up on Google, uh, who has a dictionary anymore? You just Google things, right? Uh, you Google it, and it says, forsaken, abandoned, or deserted. When you feel forsaken, Jesus actually becomes forsaken for us on the cross, and we can be strengthened for when we're tested and rescued when we failed, or when we've been abandoned or feel deserted. Uh, so what is it like to be forsaken? Think like Stillwater, Oklahoma, uh, forsaken place. That's not nice. Shouldn't say that. Um, yeah, so a forsaken place. Think of, you know, a God-forsaken place. That would be, you might think of some places might come to mind. Um, you know, you think of UT like yesterday. It was a beatdown. I mean, so like there's a lot of forsaken times. You can feel really bad there. Um, today in fantasy football, if you have a, if a team... Um, you might be hurting because Adrian Peterson was suspended for essentially spanking his son with a, with a switch. I don't know all the details. I don't know anything about what actually happened. But he was, there, he was accused of child, of child um, abuse or something to that nature. And so he was suspended. That was hard for you. If you had RG3 as your quarterback from Baylor, uh, you had a bad day. Uh, there's just things like, and so you can feel those little moments of somewhat forsakenness or abandonment and hurt in silly ways like fantasy football. 
uh, or in much more profound ways. Uh, there's a girl in our group, uh, Lauren, who, who's not here tonight, who had a death uh, of one of her friends, and she had to go, she had to go be with that friend, uh, uh, friend's family, uh, and, and that's hard. Uh, those times are hard, things you can't fix. Um, I, had a, I had a very, you know, uh, kind of aha moment yesterday, uh, and I want to talk about the way we deal with abandonment and forsakenness and desertion tonight. Um, you know, if you know me, uh, you know my wife, we drive a minivan. It's a, it's a glorious minivan. Uh, it's a Honda Odyssey. Uh, and so that's the best kind, right? So it's, it's, uh, it's actually second to Swagger Wagon, which is a Toyota minivan. But um, we have a great minivan, and uh, it's, it's a precious treasure that we have in our family. It's your destiny. I don't know if you know it yet, but you, 18 to 22-year-olds, will drive minivans one day, and you'll glory in it. It's coming for you. Um, so, but anyway, so I felt abandonment and forsakenness yesterday when, when we finished tailgating, uh, we, uh, you know, we had to get all our four kids home and, and, you know, work out all the details of transporting things back home. And there was a guy who parked my wife, uh, and you charge, you charge, you know, if you have a house close to campus, you charge 20 bucks for parking. And my wife pulls into this place and says, can I park here? $20. Yes. And she says, Hey. Do not block me in because I'm not going to the game. I'm just going to tailgate and I'm going to come home. And so do not block me in. Well, sure enough, um, I get a call from my wife. They block me in. I can't get out. So I go over there to the house, ride John Baber's bike, bicycle over there, big guy on a little bike. And, and I get there and I'm already angry enough about this. And so I get there and I, there's no way to get the van out. It's stuck. So um, I go to the house door and I start banging on the door, just pounding the door. Like, come out, you know, we need, we need help, you know, so my, my door, or the door was, I was banging on the door, rage, I, had, I felt rage, okay, uh, I responded to my abandonment, my car is stuck, I can't get it, I can't get my family home with this vehicle, um, and so there's rage there, and when you feel that sort of thing, you're going to rage, you're going to rage in a, a very, maybe a very outward way, uh, where you want to destroy something, you want to destroy the door, uh, you want to destroy somebody by yelling at them, or you might keep it inside and feel that kind of rage uh, in a different way. Uh, and so you can do that and, and, you know, outwardly, rage is not always what you think it is. It's about, about the violent punching a hole through a wall or something like that. Rage can, can look like all kinds of different things, okay? Uh, it's, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be smarter the next time to not get that, you know, get in that situation uh, when you feel lost like that. So, so the minivan problem for me, that's forsakenness. I'm also running around with a frown on my face today because I spilled gasoline in my trunk yesterday and so my car stinks okay it's been a tough weekend in a lot of ways with cars at my house so yeah so so I smell like gasoline I had to take off my shirt um or, and so you're those of you listening to the podcast Justin is not shirtless uh, preaching today but I put on a different shirt because uh, I stink like uh gasoline all the time and so maybe tomorrow we'll have some sunshine I can air out my trunk and you know clean this thing up it's tough so, forsakenness. Who do you cry out to when you feel anguish? Uh, Jesus here, uh, if you look at the, at the verse, verse 46, uh, he cries out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or Eli, Eli, or Elohim, that's short for Elohim, if you know Hebrew or Aramaic and all this sort of stuff. So, uh, he's crying out, My God, my God, um, why have you forsaken me? So, Jesus there is on the cross, and he's crying out, Why? Why is he forsaken? Why is he in this situation? Well, he's there to rescue creation. He's there to, to die the death that we couldn't die. When we sin in Adam and Eve, Adam and Eve sin, 
Um, God gave him a clear commandment to say, if, he says, if you do this, if you do this, if you eat from this tree, you will surely die. And we don't believe it. We never, we, they didn't believe it. We don't believe it. We don't believe that God's serious about his word. And we died in Adam. And now we die. Uh, there will be a day in which all of us will die. And we are um, walking around, walking dead, so to speak. We're spiritually dead. Um, and so there, it, we, we have this virus in us. We have a time, where there's a time appointed for us where we will die. And we're already experiencing death all the time. And Jesus, in his death, is rolling back death. He's bringing life. Um, he was going to die. Um, he was becoming forsaken for us so that we could be unforsaken, so that we could be redeemed and rescued. And so when we um, feel that forsakenness, we look for all kinds of things. Uh, we cry. Uh, we get disappointed. We don't know even who to cry out to sometimes. Uh, we, when, we, when we feel this sort of abandonment, we're alone, we're, just, we're desperate, we're, just, we're deserted. Um, I'll tell you about uh, one time, you know, I was uh, you know, I'm, I, I sometimes talk about this. I don't talk about it as much as more anymore, but I run sometimes. I've been trained for half marathons. And uh, this is back, back when I was in college. I was running, and I was not in very good shape, and I was running around. And I was so, so tired when I got uh, done with my run. Uh, and I got back to the apartment, and uh, there's, a, there's a Dr. Pepper can there on, on the, on the uh, kitchen counter. I was like, that looks awesome right now, Dr. Pepper. It's open, you know, so I'm like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it, you know, and, uh, and even though it's open, it'll, it's wet, it will, it will you know, um, give me a little bit of, um, it's, it's, Dr. it's awesome, Dr. Pepper is amazing. Even though it's not water, I'll go with it. So I drank it, took a big swig, it was not Dr. Pepper. Um, you can imagine what it might be. What, what you, skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spit, skull spit. Not the thing you want, okay? To quit. It's disgusting, okay? Spit it in the sink. It was awful. And eventually got some, I, I doused, doused my mouth with water. Uh, it was the most, one of the most disgusting things you could ever taste, right? So then I, then I raged, okay? I'm like, who, who left this here? Well, I'm an idiot for, taking, for drink, trying to drink that. Not, not, you know, so um, that's raging. Um, I, when, when, and that's, that's what we do. Let me just say, why did I tell that story? That is raging. Uh, it's godless despair. Uh, it's looking for something uh, that can't meet your, um, uh, or can't rescue you from your abandonment. It's going to something else. It's looking away from God to something else. It's not even thinking about God. Rage is godless despair. Okay, and so when we feel abandoned, we rage. And Jesus is crying out here in a righteous way. He's saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Whether it's punching through a wall, whether it's quietly smoldering, and determining, determining never to let someone else get the upper hand again, whether it's um, you find your solace in a relationship. Sometimes when I have a terrible day, it's in, it's in you know, just spending time with my kids and trying to just have the most awesome time with my kids. Uh, maybe a relationship for you is how you deal with your rage against this abandonment you feel and, and, the, and, the, and this kind of destruction of your life. And you go to a relationship. Maybe it's power, Okay. Uh, maybe you're a Frank Underwood type, okay? I always, I, that, this guy is an amazing character on House of Cards, if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's an amazing picture of the drunkenness that power can have upon us. Uh, and, how, and it can just destroy our lives. And I haven't, I mean, like, the story's ongoing. We don't know how it's going to end. But it's not going to end well. 
power is one thing we can look to to find. So for you, that's not in, in double-crossing people. That's in maybe mastering your, uh, your class schedule, maybe, maybe just, uh, just rocking it, 4.0. Maybe for you, it's, uh, it's, it's getting to the next level and you know, getting to grad school. This is what I have to have to make me feel like I'm somebody and to get over this abandonment. But there's something about us. We've got to find this power um, in our lives. Maybe it's controlling our eating and controlling our physique, you know, getting, like getting to be something. Uh, and and, and we've got to find this power over myself. Uh, thirdly, um, maybe, maybe money is, is what it is for you. Uh, if I can get through this, then I can, you know, I'm angry that, I, that my life isn't the way it is or it shouldn't be, or it should be. So if, if I get more money, then, then that will be what will solve it. Uh, and uh, as we know, Walter White from Breaking Bad, uh, there's never enough money that really satisfied him. He kept going on and on and on. Money didn't do it for him. He was looking for something else. There was rage inside of him. He had been, he had been broken, and, and I'm a mess. He's a mess. I'm a lot like Walter White. Uh, you are too. We all kind of cry out in rage uh, in, in those ways. Uh, money, power, relationships. Uh, those are actually rage, can be. Okay, uh, my, so, so the only right answer here is for God. When we, when we spill gasoline in our trunk, when the guy has double parked my, has parked my minivan in, um, when, when I've got a problem, the, re, the right place to rage is towards God. Now, let me go back to tailgating just for a moment and tell you this, guys. This is amazing. So as we're setting up, John Baber has brought his massive television to our tailgate. It really upgraded the tailgate. I mean, so next time we do this, you have got to be there. It is phenomenal to see. And it's like there's all these guys with satellites, and our TV looks better uh, because it's, it's rabbit ears and a massive television. Beautiful. Okay, spectacular. But there was some doubt earlier in the day about would this thing come together because we had this old generator, and the old generator was being cranky. And so the generator wasn't going, wanting to go, it's like, you know, if you know what a generator is, y'all, okay, what it is, it's a motor, uh, and you can roll it around, and you pull the string, like you turn on a, a small lawnmower thing, and it just, and, and so that delivers the electricity to, um, to, to whatever you need to, to, to use. So we, we plug it in, turn it on, and then all of a sudden, we've got picture, and then, well, about three minutes later, it starts to, you know, you know, you know. so you know how a motor, when it's, you know, it's kind of humming along, goes, and then boom, nothing, okay, and so, so then we, so, so we, you know, kickstart it again, turn it on, two minutes, nothing, okay, so we got no power, I mean, you cannot watch television with no, with no electricity, so, two guys, OU fans, two bros come over and help me, and they start working on it, dealing with everything, diagnosing it, and there, it's having the same problem, okay? And I'm ticked, okay? This, like, if we have no television, this is going to be terrible. So what did I do? I quietly said a prayer. <laughs> I said, Lord Jesus, just give us television. Give us, give us, give us the electricity we need. And that's the exact, that's, that's good rage <laughs> right there. I, like, you can't, I'm like, Jesus, you cannot do this to me. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Okay, that's a moment. Okay, all of the forsakenness in our life is rigged to bring us back to our God and to say, my God, my God. Okay, where does the minivan problem, where does the generator problem, where does it all come from? 
It comes from the forsaker. Okay, we are all forsaken. Part two is we're the forsaker. Or who is the forsaker? Who is he? Well, um, Jesus is being forsaken by God. Okay, God is doing this. Why is this happening to him? We've got to know that the pain and abandonment of Jesus is not meaningless and pointless. It's obviously not. I mean, it's in the Bible. The Bible says this was for the salvation of many. This is so that our sins could be washed clean. What Jesus did had a very clear purpose. It's not popular to say that my, my, my Lord, the God himself, had to die upon a cross for me to be rescued because I am that bad. That is not popular. That, that strikes at my pride. Uh, you're not going to win a popularity contest running around talking about Jesus and you're a sinner and you need Jesus to die on a cross for you. Uh, if you really want to talk about the gospel, the good news, it is so bad at the front end. Like it, is, it, is, it says we are so terrible. But then it also says one of the greatest things that could ever, we could ever imagine is that God really does love you more than anyone else out there does. He loves you enough to give his own son. Jesus loves you enough to be your shepherd who would lay down his life for you. There is something wonderful in that, y'all. If you really can start to believe that, and if I can start to believe that, it will change our lives. There's pain and abandonment in our world. There's forsakenness, but it's not meaningless or pointless. It wasn't meaningless or pointless for Jesus. It's certainly not meaningless or pointless for us. It's to draw us to him to draw us to God. Now, the, here's the thing, though. We are going to fail 99 times out of 100. <laughs> and and, and uh, me praying for my generator and my television is a rarity. Okay, But what we, what we have here is that slowly over time, we start, to, we start to believe it. And then our instincts start to change. And, and God is at work in us. He does that to us. He brings us this forsakenness and abandonment, and abandonment because he loves us. He absolutely loves us. Think about all day, Adrian Peterson. It's been a rough week for this guy. Um, disciplining his kids. Uh, and, and then, you know, if he was not, a, you know, not being a bad guy, um, you know, like, he's, now he's in trouble for that, okay? Um, you know, like, I don't know any dad who's like, man, I love to beat my children. No, like, no, no one loves to do, no, like, that's a, that's a terrible overturning of creation and humanity just to, to love to beat up your child. Uh, there's got to be, I think there has to be an explanation for why he was, what was going on there. Because uh, like, I tell you the worst thing about being a dad is having to spank my children or, or how to, having to put them in time out or take things away or anything about it. I don't want to do it. I, I want to give that away to somebody else. I want to I delegate that responsibility uh, to Meredith or someone else. You know, like take care of my, discipline my children. That's unrighteous for me. If I love my children, I want them to be able to, to do things in the world. There, so there's, there is a sense in which I do want to discipline my children, but it is so hard to make them suffer, so hard to do that. Um, but then there, in, a, in a sinful way, it's like I can rage out against them because they're inconveniencing me. Like when they get out of bed at night, uh, you know, we put them to bed at 8.30, and then they're out at 9 o'clock, 9.30, and they're just, they won't go back to bed. Well, why am I mad? Because they're inconveniencing me. Okay, because I'm the center of my world. And, they're, they're, and it's not because I need them to be well-rested. It's because they're inconvenienced to me. I don't do discipline well. I don't, I, I, I don't receive discipline well. I just wish there was another way. <laughs> I wish there was another way to, to grow without being disciplined. But that's the only way. We have to have discipline. Okay? Jesus here had to drink the cup. No one could drink. No one else could drink. 
because we can't do it. We fail 99 times out of 100. We wish we could, we could sort of make this way on our own. And what we really believe, what we really wish the Bible says was this. We wish the Bible was a, a, you know, a philosophy of, uh, I'm going to me- butcher this word, but it's mithridatism. Okay, do you know what this is? Mithridatism. Okay, Mithridatism. Okay, I looked this up because I found it to be so fascinating. I, I don't, I, maybe I'm just pronouncing it wrong, but it's the practice of protecting oneself against a poison by gradually self-administering non-lethal amounts. That's what we really want in life. We want to we we be able to drink the poison ourselves and make it work. We want to do it in manageable ways in which we can make it happen. We want to make God and our, our relationship uh, in our court, the way I can do it. So, so an example of this, of Midradatism, uh, is uh, Count of Monte Cristo. Okay? He was able to, to eat, you know, consume enough poison over time in small doses that he could poison others and then drink the same poison and be fine. Okay? Uh, there's examples of um, uh, the king of Pontus, uh, who was so feared of being poisoned that he regularly ingested small doses aiming to develop immunity, okay? So we feel like if we can just sort of do small doses in religion, we can work our way uh, uh, to where we're bulletproof, okay? We can just make this thing happen on our own. But we are unable to do so. We will fail and then we will rage. If you believe that your relationship with God relies upon your own doing and you're conditioning yourself, then you will ultimately rage against him. What will dis- what will br- that will destroy you. What you must have is that the, that the, pers- the unforsaken Jesus became forsaken. The blessed son of a, of a living and true God became our sin on a cross. Became naked, scourged, shamed, beaten, bloodied, and left for dead and abandoned by his disciples and by the religious authorities and anyone out there and you and me because that's what it took to save us. It took him drinking the poison we couldn't drink. That's the gospel. We are that desperately depraved and wicked, and we, and we would kill Jesus just as much as those guys would. We'd be right there. And you know what Jesus says to us? He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He says that. And he, and he, and he says, look, today you will be with me in paradise. He says that. And he says, oh, Mom, you're hurting. I'm going to take care of you. John, take care of her. And then he says to us, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He, sa- he says that to us today, and we can cry that out. We can, when we feel this abandonment, we can cry it out if we really believe that he cares for us. But if we believe that we must care for ourselves, we're going to keep on raging. If I've got to fix this, I'm going to keep on kicking the generator. I'm going to keep on pounding the, keep on pounding the door. But if God can do it, he can reverse anything. He can reverse this death of Jesus he can, he can become unforsaken, and so can we. Um, and your friends can become unforsaken because he was forsaken for them. Uh, the power of our God is amazing. He can bring it to be. So um, let's pray, and we'll end it there tonight, guys. And if there's any questions, I'll entertain those. Let's pray. Uh, our Father, you, you, this is so good. It's such good news. I pray that it would comfort us this Sunday evening. Uh, that, we, that you would bring us uh, to uh, a Monday morning where we have the Mondays. And we are, we are uh, just absolutely hating life in a 9.30 class. Uh, and we are, uh, you know, we're, 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 we're having bad, just a bad day. 
we feel like there's nothing in this world going right, would you call us to remember how you made us righteous through Jesus? Uh, if we believe that, would you, would you bring that ever before us? Would you speak to us? Would we be able to speak the gospel truth to us about the, with the clarity that you uh, give us in this text, that you became forsaken, you cried out, and you cried the prayer we couldn't pray. Uh, you cried out in a righteous way when we, all we bring to you is wickedness and righteousness and sin. So if we, if we can believe that, would you, would you cleanse us? Would you help us? Would you make us new? And would you help us to be a blessing and not a curse to those around us, to, to be a blessing and to be able to forgive and to pray uh, rather than to, trying to destroy anyone? Uh, so we pray that. Would you, would you, would you uh, revolutionize our hearts this week? Would you revolutionize our, revolutionize our campus and would you help us, uh, to those of us who do not believe this, uh, who, are, who are absolutely questioning this, and finding ourselves to be bothered about that, uh, w- w- as we're in process of thinking through these things, uh, would you draw us to yourself? Would you help us to have faith? Uh, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to, uh, to pray bold prayers uh, towards you, asking you to convince us and asking you to, to increase our faith and, and to show us your truth and to show us your grace. In Jesus Christ, we would give you glory in Jesus' name. We pray, amen.